What are some of the risks or challenges going into that situation? That you're going to be spending more time together and the anger issues that are coming up will now turn into arguments. The value of having the waking hours time is oftentimes more important, especially for the parent who's busy in the office and has many other things to do. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship, and we are continuing our series on how to make it through the holidays while you're thinking about getting divorced or getting divorced. And today, we're interviewing divorce expert Ken Jewell of the Jewell Law Firm. And Ken is going to be talking to us about seasonal strength, safeguarding our kids from divorce dilemmas during the holidays. Let's give Ken a warm welcome. Hey, Ken, welcome. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks. Thanks, Rich, for having me on. That's awesome. You know, it's really important that we have people who have expertise. And I know you've been practicing family law for a number of years, and you've seen a number of these situations. So yes. our audience is curious, What walking into the holidays, what are some of the risks or, or, ch- or challenges, however you want to frame that, for let's say that you are, you're at a really rocky marriage, you're not sure if you want to get divorced. You're thinking about it, but but you know that things aren't working with your partner. What are some of the risks or challenges going into that situation? That you're going to be spending more time together um, and the anger issues that are coming up will now turn into arguments. And when you're a part of children and you have children, uh, that's particularly dangerous because you don't want the kids to have to feel so they need to pick sides. Yeah, it sounds like the the holiday season, which is already loaded, just by definition, because you're, you're with family, and we all know that families never live up to our expectations. You're walking in there with the other parent, and you're not on the same page. That kind of ups the risk. Yes, very much so, because many people will as the marriage starts to sell or is rocky, we'll look to avoid one another. Uh, stay late in the office, go out with friends, uh, you know, do things other than doing things together and, and communicating. And now you're in a situation where you're face-to-face in a house that you have equal rights to and can't avoid one another. And so it, again, increases the risk of outbursts and, and fighting that is completely unproductive uh, which and I'm guessing that might, imp- if you did decide to get divorced, that might impact you in the future. It could in that one might be asked to attend parenting classes or seek psychological assistance or mental health assistance in terms of how to better channel those emotions. It's not whether or not those emotions are right or wrong. It's how those emotions are expressed. Yeah. Hey, so let's talk about the second scenario, which is... You're, you've decided to get divorced. You've even, one of you has even been served with papers. We don't know who, but you're still living under the same roof, which is, could be, can be a supercharged situation. What, what's the potential pitfalls walking into the holidays for these folks? Again, that they're going to get into arguments and then there's going to be a lack of continuity, uh, particularly where children are concerned. If, you know, even though children allegedly don't know, they know, they can feel it. They can see it. They were watching their interactions with their parents all the time. Um, and if you have 
discord in the house and they're seeing or hearing it um, and they don't get reassurance in terms of the fact that they will be okay, that the children will be okay, that they will have uh, sound environments living in or predictable environments to be living in, you're going to create a significant insecurity so that they're going to, their grades may drop, uh, their choice of friends may change, there may be risks of uh, trying substances that they may not otherwise look to try because they wanted to escape. Depending on the age, yeah. Right, but they, it's, it's they're wanting to escape a disastrous environment. So it sounds like in situation A, where you're thinking about it, you know, both you and your partner, you probably have an idea that things aren't 100%, but no decision's been made. So it's probably going to be kind of a standard, if there's if there's a conflict, it's going to be kind of a standard conflict, and you may even have tools for avoiding it. In situation B, you've pulled the trigger. You both know that the relationship, the marriage at least, is coming to an end, and that may change the tone of the kind of conflict. In your experience, how true is that, and, and what have you seen? Well, what I've seen is, is the, the the tone because there's hurt, especially if papers have been served and one of the, the parties been served doesn't want the divorce. The tone can be more explosive or more withdrawn. Either scenario not being good. Mm. If somebody is thinking about it but hasn't pulled the trigger yet. Um, they may feel that something's off, but here again, the instability, um, is either something that the kids will see and feel, um, and how to avoid again, explosions and things, um, is paramount. It's, and it's actually very helpful to start seeking counseling, even if it's just one person that thinks. And I love your earlier, sorry, didn't interrupt you. What you don't want to do is, is go down a road or what I affectionately call a rabbit hole where we stickering an arc. And you want to employ as many tools as you can to avoid that because that that is the risk, especially with the pressure of the holidays and being around family who may or may not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about, um, actually what I wanted to say earlier was I loved that your comment that whether you're having open conflict or it's behind closed doors and the kids never see it, they sense it. And so it's in the best interest of the children to figure out how to manage that as quickly as possible, at least your part in it. Um, yes. Let's let's go to scenario number three. Scenario number three is you're divorced and you're, or well, you're not divorced, you're getting divorced, excuse me, you're getting divorced and you're living apart. Uh, and it, it seems, I, I, I don't know, because I actually haven't experienced that one, but it seems like that would be your lowest risk scenario. Well, there, because the parents have different homes to live in, um, there's an opportunity to keep calmness. The risk there, of course, is the parent who has the kid starts complaining about the other parent and starts bad-mouthing them and putting them down. Mm. That's just not healthy for the kids to hear. The kids don't, um, you know, didn't ask for, you know, to be born into this particular family or these particular particular parents. So it's really, you know, they're looking that you're my mom, you're my dad. Um, and to have the parents arguing or putting, you know, one of them down isn't helpful. Uh, and it may actually end up causing the kids to feel as though they had to choose sides. But I will say that 
keeping living in separate homes is actually better unless the parents are in mutual agreement about proceeding with the divorce uh, because otherwise there's the risk of creating the tension that needs to be avoided children and i'm going to guess that in that situation you're probably doing the holidays separately in cases where the parties are not getting along at all that is a high likelihood in cases where the parties are unhappy in the marriage but are finding ways to what we say in my will co-parent together um there is a good chance that the parents could find time or find a way to spend the holiday together with the children. I had a case recently where um, they actually went out all together. They were actually already divorced. It was about 25 days after the divorce judgment had been issued, and the parties actually went out together, you know, parents, uh, with the kids to buy a Christmas tree um, and to set up the Christmas tree and to have Christmas dinner together as a family. If for nothing, even though one of the parties left at the end of the dinner and went to their own places in the boat, uh, the idea was to be reassuring to the children that notwithstanding mom and dad's differences, they can come together. Yeah, I guess that's really the challenge is, um, is keeping the children's well-being on the front burner. It And that has to be thought of from the child's perspective not what the parent thinks is in the best interest of the kids, but what the kid thinks is in its best interest. Got it. They oftentimes confuse that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Good. Let's talk about the legal landscape and solutions. And why don't we talk first about that that group of people who are they're moving into the holidays and their marriage is on the rocks and they're either thinking about getting divorced or maybe they've even decided they're going to do it like mid-January. They just don't want to destroy the holidays by getting divorced. What's the legal landscape for these folks? What kind of solutions do we have for them? Well, the first thing I'd recommend is that they speak with competent counsel, maybe even two or three lawyers to get a variety of opinions. Uh, Lawyers have different takes on cases, and the fit is not necessarily always the right one at the first meeting. So the more you interview, the more information you're likely to find out, as well as the more uh, varying approaches to your case uh, you'll learn about, which may make you feel more comfortable in terms of moving forward with the process. The other thing that I also recommend is that people who are planning on getting divorced or making a substantial change in their marital relationship is that they have a uh, mental health professional or divorce advisor, divorce coach, uh, who can help guide them uh, and and deal with the emotional aspects of the case. Divorce is not a, uh, is nothing more than a business decision and a series of business decisions, although there's a lot of emotions involved. Yeah, it sure doesn't feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) But the emotions are what create, what cost the money, and oftentimes end up with unsatisfactory results. Because the the process can only give you what it can give you, and justice is not necessarily one of those things. Hey, well, just talking about the consulting with a legal expert for a moment, what kind of qualities do you think someone would want to look for? Well, you'd want somebody who has you know, extensive experience in handling a variety of cases. You want to inquire, number one, uh, are they 
pro-litigation? Are they pro-settlement? Are they uh, pro-mediation? Uh, you know, from my perspective, I try it off all three angles because I recognize that while litigation can sometimes be necessary, it's also costly and very, very frustrating for the client. And I, even if I end up in litigation, I try and get the parties into a mediation scenario for certain aspects of the case because at the end of the day, the agreement that the parties reach together is the one that's going to stick. Uh, when something's mandated on somebody, oftentimes there's dissatisfaction and people start ignoring aspects of the agreement that they don't like. So it's important to find someone who can find a way to resolve the marriage or dissolve the marriage in a manner that's consistent with what the client is looking for in the cheapest and most cost-effective way they can do it. Got it. Yeah, that sounds like some great qualifications and some great advice. And I'm sure there are people in the audience who may even be getting divorced. Some of them might be living together or living apart. And I'm wondering what suggestions or solutions might you have for them regarding, uh, you know, they're negotiating parenting time, or maybe they're living together and figuring out parenting time, which just sounds like a nightmare to me. I, I actually missed that opportunity myself. And, or maybe they're, they're fighting over money or they're negotiating uh, custody issues. You know, what's the legal landscape for these folks? Well, I mean, look, in my office and in the courts, the custody issues are always primary. I actually had a client this morning asking, do we have to sign off on a custody agreement before we reconcile the financials? Because he was afraid that if he agreed to something in custody that could trigger a child support payment, he would not be able to get out of it. And so my statement to him was, well, what does your son want? His son is 15 years old. Uh, what is in his best interests? And given the amount of time that you would be charged with paying support, don't you think putting your son's best interests is more important and creating stability for him is more important than what could be a child support payment? And if you're negotiating the financial piece, you can work with the financials and, and try and negotiate a solution. You, you, you remember, if you're going to go to court and fight over it in court, think about the amount of money that you're going to spend in motion practice that you could actually be applying towards your child and making a better life for, for her. Nice. So, I love it. Yeah. So it's it's important to, if you're living together and you haven't come up with a parenting time schedule, try and find one and make it as consistent as it is with what the child experiences. The value of having the waking hours time is oftentimes more important, especially for the parent who's busy in the office and has many other things to do. It's it's better for the child to maximize those waking hours than it is to start counting the number of overnights when both of you are sleeping and not really engaged in anything in any of Yeah. Yeah, that that's very logical. It makes and it sounds like it might be what's best for the children. Yes. Children are always a primary concern. I, I tell people all the time that when, especially now that the holidays are coming, um, if, if you can't engage with your spouse or parent of your child in a way that is healthy and productive, call a time out. Leave the room. Find another time to have that conversation so that the child doesn't see the two of you fighting. Because the child, if they see the two of you fighting, may end up feeling as though they have to pick sides. That is that is a great segue for the next section, which is all about 
the emotional strategies people can take. All right, Ken, we'll talk to you in a little while. Thank you. 